Well, hello everyone. Welcome, welcome. My name is DG Peterson and today is March 7th, 2021. Um, welcome to New Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church Sunday School where our pastor is Pastor Dontel Hall Sr. is our pastor and today's lesson is titled Paul's Desire to Visit Rome from the Union Gospel Press. We're in the spring quarter edition. Um, today's lesson takes place in 80, takes place in, is from Koran. And the scriptures that I will be reading, or if you have your books, you can follow along. The scripture is Roman 1, verses 8 through 17. I will begin by reading the scriptures. So, first I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Verse 9, for God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Verse 10, making request if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. Verse 11. For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end ye may be established. Verse 12. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by a mutual faith, both of you and me. Verse 13. Now I will not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purpose to come unto you, but was let hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also even as among other Gentiles verse 14 I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians both to the wise and to the unwise so as much as in me is I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So I'm going to begin giving you a little introduction of this lesson. There's three parts that we're going to be studying. We're going to study the prayer offered, which is Romans 1. Verses 8 through 10, plans anticipated, Romans 1, verses 11 through 13, and verse um, third, thirdly, preaching validated, Romans 1, 14 to 17. And that will be our lesson outline for today. Now, of all the letters of the Apostle Paul, Roman is considered the weightiest. It set forth the gospel Paul preached in a clear and systematic manner. Roman is the first of Paul's letters in the New Testament, which might give the impression that it was the first to be written, but it was not. The arrangement of Paul's letters is more about length than date. At this time, Paul was on his third missionary journey. Concerning the origins of the church in Rome, we have a few details. In all likelihood, the church was founded by Jews converted in Jerusalem, on Pentecost. 
the many greetings Paul sent members of the congregation indicates that he was personally acquainted with a number of them. Presumably, the number of believers in Rome was rather large, at least in terms of what may have been typical in New Testament. Now, has anyone ever tried to convince you of something that they really believed in? Maybe it was a product they thought you should try. They enjoyed it, so they wanted to share that joy with you. Now, or perhaps it was a recipe they liked that they felt you would also favor, you know, savor. Their positive experience with the product gave them confidence to share it with others. Now, in this week's lesson, the Apostle Paul declares his unshakable confidence in the gospel message. Paul was convinced that the gospel of Jesus Christ is God's answer to all humanity. He was ready to preach the gospel in Rome. Now, today we're going to understand Paul's great desire to visit Rome. We're going to understand that the gospel provides salvation to all people and to proclaim what, with confidence the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, we do not need to have confidence in our own abilities or persuasiveness. We need to and should have confidence that the gospel is God's answer for all people. Now, in the first century, no place came close to Rome in terms of prestige, importance, or power. Rome was the capital of the Roman Empire. For years, the Apostle Paul traveled all over the Eastern Mediterranean world, sharing the gospel message. Many communities of faith throughout the Roman Empire began as a direct result of his ministry. Paul now sought to bring the message to, to the empire's capital. Now, after hearing that a church had already started in Rome, Paul penned his letter to the Christians there. He began the letter by explaining his confidence in the message of Christ. Now, he wanted to reach out, you know, reaching out to new believers. He had a sense of obligations to all, confidence in the gospel. So with all that being said, when Paul heard about the developing church in Rome, he began to praise God and pray constantly for them. Part of his prayer was for God to allow him to meet these new believers. Paul rejoiced knowing that a faith community would welcome him if he could make it to Rome. Now, Paul believed that his visit would be beneficial for both himself and the Roman believers. Now, his attitude was that they would be encouraged together by each other's faith. Paul would help them develop spiritually, and he would also be strengthened by the fellowship. We can gather a lot from Paul's response to the Roman believers. We should praise God for his savings work in the lives of others, as well as pray constantly for them. Now, perhaps most important, we should understand that we all benefit from one another. There is no such thing as a lone wolf Christian. Relationship with other believers are vital to our spiritual development. We all have gifts that benefits the body of Christ. Now, with a sense of obligations to all, Paul's primary reason 
for wanting to visit Rome was to preach the gospel, or more so was to spread the gospel. He felt obligated to preach the gospel to all people. There was no group of people that was off limit to the gospel message. Paul targeted people from every walk of life, both rich people and poor, educated and uneducated, civilized and barbarian, Jew and Gentile. Now, during his ministry, Paul did not seek to turn Gentiles into Jews. What makes Christianity unique is that it can flourish regardless of cultural differences. Those who trust in Christ do not have to learn a new language or adopt a new culture. Communities of faith may contain people of vastly different backgrounds. Churches may have different styles of worship. What unites us as Christians is our faith and salvation in Jesus Christ. Now, we got to have confidence in the gospel. Now, there was a reason Paul felt obligated to spread the gospel. He believed that the gospel contained the power of God needed for salvation. From his experience, Paul knew that accepting the gospel was more than just adopting a set of beliefs. The gospel contains God's transformation power to deliver people from sin. Now, in the Old Testament, the prophet Jeremiah prophesied the heart-transforming power of the new covenant. Given that magnitude of power, if Paul did not preach the gospel, it would be like withholding a life jacket while watching someone drown. Sharing the gospel was the only consciousness or conscious thing to do in the sight of God. Paul further explained, that the righteousness of God is made known in the gospel. The clear implication is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is God's only method of salvation. Only by accepting the gospel and placing full trust in Christ and his sacrifice is a person's granted a righteous standing before God. Many people today think that it is arrogant to believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. They may even ask, with all of the world religions out there, why would God allow only one path to salvation? Now, however, instead of questioning why the gospel of Jesus is the only way, we should be thankful that a way has been provided. Now, that is something I do agree with. I'm going to keep going. Now, I'm also going to talk to you a little bit with, if I get to it right quick, I'm going to share this with you. That when Paul desired to visit Rome, now it talks about in verse 8, the Apostle Paul wrote, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you. It is important as we read this to remember that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. That's James 1 and 17. Now, people are no exception. The people God places in our lives are gifts from God. We can, we can and we should enjoy them. Now, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans, I long to see you. The Christians in Rome were very important to him. 
and he wanted to minister to them. Specifically, he wanted to impart unto them some spiritual gift. Do we want to benefit others or use them for our own benefit? Sadly, sometimes the latter is the case. The Apostle Paul, however, wanted to minister to the Romans. He wanted to help them and care for them. He wanted to impart unto them some spiritual gifts. Are we using our spiritual gifts for others? Hmm. Can we use our spiritual gifts to minister, minister to both believers and non-believers? Can we minister to believers by encouraging them and building them up in the faith? We can minister to non-believers by befriending them and being a faithful witness to them. That, by God's grace, they might become believers. What gives us comfort and encouragement? We live in a world of hurt and sadness. Many people, both believers and non-believers, turn to popular um, psychology or philosophy. But what will give us true comfort? Now, Paul wrote in verse 12 that his desire was to be comforted together with the Roman believers by their mutual faith. Now, it is our faith in God that gives us perfect comfort. Faith in Jesus Christ and the salvation he gives us and faith in the everlasting presence of the Holy Spirit within us encourages us nothing else can. Now, Paul desired to preach the gospel Apostle Paul did not want the Romans or us to be ignorant of his desire and goal. Now, he considered himself in debt to both Greek and barbarians and to both the wise and the unwise. Now, Paul learned from, the, from and served in every situation. Truly, we too can learn and grow and serve in any situation in which we find ourselves. Now, because of the obligation he felt, Paul was ready to preach the gospel to those in Rome and everywhere else. We are to have the same mission. Paul was not ashamed of the gospel. Are we ashamed of the gospel? Sadly, sometimes we are. We do not want to be considered religious nuts, so we stay silent when we should boldly share the gospel. We need to be kind and compassionate. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the answer to a hurting and dying world. God, um, the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. It is for everyone, every single person. Are we doing our part to get the message out? This is the Great Commission. Now, the need to live by faith. Later in his letters, Paul emphasized our need to spread the gospel by saying that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10 and 17. What is faith? Okay, I'm glad you asked. What is faith? Now, Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There is no hope for unbelievers without the gospel. But faith is not just a matter of salvation. Believers should live by faith. This is not always easy. We can talk about having faith, 
But when life gets rough, and it will, will we put our faith into our actions? Hmm, something to think about. We can fully put our faith, our trust, in all-powerful God. Now, that is very important. I mean, we really need to put our trust and faith in God. Now, some people face, like, that your faith is spoken of. Now, Romans 1 and 8, it talks about, you know, your faith. We got Facebook, we got Twitter, we got Instagram, we got Pinterest. It's all about sharing. The old adage, each one reach one, has exploded in recent years of something more like each one reach 50. Now, if you post a video or a picture or comment, it may soon be seen around the world through a phenomenon called going viral. And we all know or heard about when something go viral. Now, there are even mathematical theories to the going viral process. They say it boils down to a simple virality ratio. And for something to go viral, each generation virality ratio must be greater than one. Now, the math of going viral share, pro- share progress. I'm glad it's that simple to someone somewhere. Now, in Romans 8, we read that without the help of social media or even a modern postal system, news of these Roman believers and their faith had become a worldwide sensation. Apparently, truly good news, amazing phenomenal news, need nothing more than an old-fashioned word of mouth to change the world. Now, professionals will warn you to always use the right tool for the right job. Nevertheless, we sometimes will try to hammer a nail with a rock or turn a screw with a butter knife. Now, there are several ways we can attempt to serve the Lord, but we often use the wrong tools. Now, if we serve with our mind alone, for example, it will lead to dead letter law. If we use our emotions alone, it can lead to confusion. If we open our toolbox and pull out our shiny, shiniest gift just to look impressive, the results can be self-serving and temporal. The right tool for serving God is our spirit, our whole heart. Now that's truly an amen. Now, the golden text was, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, Romans 1 and 16. Now, the anticipation level was high. Now, we have been looking forward to a lot of things. Now, Let's explore like a new city. There will be multiple, you know, multitude um, of other people, all potential of meeting new people, making new friends. And here's a story I want to share with you. It was about a person traveling to Florida convention, ready for the biggest adventure in their life. 
Now, how many of us understand that the sense of excitement? I would say most of us have felt it at least once in our lives. This heightened sense of expectation was most likely how Paul viewed the Roman church. This congregation had been on his heart and mind for a long time. He had heard amazing reports about this group and he wanted to meet with them. Romans 1, 8 through 13. Now Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles and as such encouraging and strengthening the faith of the Roman Christian was a priority for him. Paul had never visited the church in Rome. This was not one of the churches he had founded. In fact, he probably knew only a handful of people in this congregation. Still, Paul loves for the for Jesus was so infectious that he wanted to share it with everyone he could. So what fueled Paul's desire to see the Romans? Paul had a mission from God. He was driven to visit the congregation that he had never met them. Did not it didn't matter to him. These were not strangers to Paul but brothers and sisters in Christ. Although circumstances had not all allowed him to go there yet, Paul wanted to reassure them of his intent. Paul longing for fellowship is an example of for us today. Many of us attend services at our church, but how is our fellowship? Do we yearn to be together, to worship together, to learn from each other? Is that passion there? If not, we need to ask ourselves, why? Christ clearly called his followers to meet together, reminding us of his presence. When we do, we should have a real passion about sharing our faith and each other. But Paul's longing to come to Rome was not about fellowship alone. It centered to the truth he expressed in our golden text. Paul was eager to preach the gospel in Rome. He wanted to proclaim it unto believers, to the unbelievers there, and to explain it in its fullness to the believers. He was compelled to proclaim the gospel everywhere and at every opportunity. He understood that the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. The message of Christ's death and the resurrection are those for those who believe it, whether Jews or Gentiles, receive eternal life. Now, Paul mentioned that the gospel came first to the Jews. This was true in Jesus' ministry. You will find that in Matthew 10, verses 5 and 6, and Matthew 15, verse 24. As well as in the ministry of the apostle, including Paul, but while the focus of their ministry was on, Jews, the Gentiles, were not ignored. Many Gentiles responded in faith to the gospel and were saved by the welcome into Christ's church. The power of the gospel is to bring salvation to all people, moved Paul to ministry. He belonged to extended his ministry personally to those in Rome. Are we moved by the power of the gospel 
to tell others about the Lord. And that is a question that I, I'm posing to you, you know. What are we doing to share the gospel with people in our circle or people outside of our circle? Are we really doing our part as Christians to make sure everyone know and believe that Jesus is real? That was just like our message for today when Reverend Peterson preached. He talked about, you know, believing. Do you believe? And that's that's it's just that simple. If you believe, then salvation is free for you. But only if you believe. So this concludes our message, but I don't want to leave without definitely reading the practical points. And I'll start with number one, where it says strong faith is a gift from God and blesses the body of Christ. That's Romans 1 verse 8. And number two was God's leaders ought to show concern for his people. And that's true. And number three, Christians should provide support and comfort for one another through the love of Christ. And number four, we must be ready to share the gospel regardless of circumstances. Amen to that. And number five, we can boldly proclaim the gospel of Christ through his power. And lastly, number six, the righteousness of God is revealed to us through faith in him. So this concludes our lesson for today. But definitely, I want to make sure you understand that how important it is for us to definitely reach out to each other and make sure that we are spreading the gospel. Because everyone needs to know that God is real. So, as concluding this lesson, I want to, you know, find out how confident are you in the gospel message? And that's a question you would have to be able to answer, our confidence in the gospel. You know, since the beginning of people have ridiculed the gospel, Paul acknowledged that the preaching of, of the cross sounded foolish to those who refused to believe. Little has changed since then, even though today many people criticize the foolish things of the gospel, such things as death, bringing life, blood, washing away sins, someone rising from the dead, and so on. Likely, they would base on their own good works. But nevertheless, as Paul unapologetically proclaimed, God is pleased to save those who believe through the foolishness of what is preached. Regardless of how people respond, Paul felt obligated to share the gospel with everyone he met. He was confident in the gospel message. He was confident um, because he was in the one who had given it to him to complain, to proclaim. So again, I want to thank you so much for your time. Thank you for um, listening to the message. I hope it was a blessing to you. And next week lesson further highlights the need to accept the gospel. God righteousness wrath is poured out on all who reject him, which is our next lesson. Okay. So again, thank you so much for joining me and I hope each and every one of you, you know, stay blessed and have a beautiful, beautiful day.